everyone, Liz Collin here. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Liz Collin Reports, a place where we are talking truth, tackling tough topics, and bringing to the table people that have been set aside or silenced for pushing back. Meaningful Minnesota Conversations. We're back in studio this week to highlight some voices connected to the vaccine mandate at the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis. You can watch Officer Rodney Mackey's story right now on alphanews.org. A 24-year law enforcement officer at the Fed fired for refusing the vaccine. His religious exemption was first accepted, then months later, denied. In studio with me today, we are bringing another former Federal Reserve Bank employee to the table, Ryan Whithoft. And on the phone, we have his attorney, senior trial counsel, James Dickey, with the Upper Midwest Law Center. Ryan, first of all, thank you to you for being here. Well, thank you very much for having me. And James, we have you there, too. Thank you for being on with us. Thanks, Liz. I want to get into the backstory to begin with. Ryan, you'd been at the bank, I know, for the last 10 years. So give our listeners some background as to what exactly the role is of the bank. I think a lot of us uh, see this big building. We're not exactly sure what goes on inside. And also talk about what you were doing there specifically in your role. So basically, the Federal Reserve Bank is a banker's bank. Um, it, It offers services to banks and it takes care of their every need that they need um, from accepting their money deposits to other financial uh, things that banks need. They also run audits on banks. And um, that's, that's pretty much the biggest thing for the Federal Reserve to do. Um, so I was down there in, in the cash department for 10 years and I enjoyed my job. I loved my job and everything about it. I, I enjoyed the benefits. The people were great. I learned to love these people as my family and they they were wonderful people, um, you know. And downstairs in the cash department, um, we received money from carriers and from uh, deposit institutions is what they would call them, which is other banks in other terms. And we would process their deposits and we would make sure that the money is right and that everything is good. And we would also pay out banks um, with money that was refurbished uh, from other ways of the high-speed side, which the bank will take, you know, people down and they'll give you a tour of the cash department and let you see the coin vault and let you see the cash vault and, and everything else and how it works and the processes with uh, automated guided vehicles, driving money around uh, in uh, containers and stuff. So. So I know you're working through the pandemic uh, and taking precautions. You're talking about socially being socially distanced, masking. How was that ex- experience working through the pandemic? And you're going in each and every day. Um, every day, I just put a smile on my face, as usual. I never come in with a complaint and never do anything, you know, that would drive me to think anything else. I just do my job. That's what I'm paid to do. And that's what I do. There's one thing that my parents taught me was to work extremely hard and you will gain something in the end for your hard work. So the covid Vaccine mandate at the Fed uh, is announced last summer. The bank wants full compliance. The president is on record talking about that again and again and wanting staff to be vaccinated then by the end of August. That's when you submit this religious exemption to the vaccine. Explain what that exemption said, why you are against the vaccine. So basically, I have a religious belief against the vaccine. There's aborted fetal cells in the testing in the way it's made, both Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, um, they all have used aborted fetal cells in some way, shape, or form. Uh, me being a Knight of Columbus, being a strong Catholic with the strong Catholic faith that I have, and I even know, you know that the Pope said it was okay and that you know everything's all right and it's not a sin, I don't tend to think so. 
that's that that that's my personal belief. That's my personal thought, and um, and it's one of those things that I just I can't do. And anything else that has a boarded fetal line in it, I don't touch. I don't take. And you also explain in this exemption your daughter who was recently diagnosed with epilepsy. And you also point out about the uh, bank's diversity policy respecting everyone's different backgrounds. And you're talking about how much you like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. And also, the other thing is, too, with my daughter now, she is better. So that was that was one of the things that we had to deal with, you know, started at eight months or seizures did. And we took her into Children's. And the first thing the doctors at Children's said to us in St. Paul was, what vaccines did she take? What happened here? And we were like, wait, what, what, what was like, whoa, slow down. What do you mean about vaccines and what did she take? But for the record, my daughter is she's at pretty much 100 percent now. You know, so she's she hasn't had a seizure in a very long time now. But yeah, but when that did happen, yeah, she was she they diagnosed her with epilepsy. But we've taken her in for treatments on that and stuff like that. So Ryan, they accept your religious exemption at that point. How are you feeling about your employment uh, after that happened? I, I was feeling very confident. I'm like, great, you know, this is a good place to work. You know, these people respect my views, and I like that, and that's what I, you know, and that that, that that's what I was hopeful for. And it states on that letter that you received um, from the Fed that this accommodation is temporary when there is a vaccine available that does not use fetal cells in testing and or production. You will be expected to receive vaccination and report your doses to the case manager. That is something uh, that that's in that document. So then fast forward uh, just a few months ago, the bank changes its mind. What happened? Yeah, December 16th. Uh, I actually just a little bit before that, I got an email. They said they wanted to have a have a, a, a a phone chat with me, HR did on the phone, December 16th. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is probably going to be talking about my weekly testing and what I need to do. Um, it then turned into something else completely different. Uh, so what happened was, is that they said that due to people coming back and the management team has told us about your job and we reviewed it very carefully, we can't accommodate your needs anymore. Therefore it would be an undue hardship to the bank to have you be our employee. So either you take the shot or if you don't take the shot, you'll be put on two weeks pay without notice. And if you don't do the shot within those two weeks, you'll be, you know, fired on the 21st of January. You decided not to take the shot, but just take us back to that day, walking out the the door for the last time. Yeah. So basically the, 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 the last day, um, at three o'clock in the afternoon on the 7th of, of January, I walked out and everything that I had was revoked. I couldn't walk out of the building. I couldn't scan out of the building. I had another um, individual walk me around and just get my stuff out of my locker and take my stuff home. Um, you know, I felt at ease about this and I didn't, you know, it just, it was it was it was God telling me that everything's going to be okay, everything's going to work out in my favor regardless of what happens here, and that's and I, I just felt this moment of grace on me, and it really honestly felt good. And James, I want to bring you into the conversation now again. James Dickey with the Upper Midwest Law Center. I know you've spoken uh, to Ryan, obviously, on his story and Officer Rodney Mackey, who we're featuring uh, now on our website as well. But I know that these two aren't alone in their fight against the Fed. 
That's right, Liz. Uh, we've been contacted by several other individuals uh, who have also told us similar stories to what Ryan and Officer Mackey have gone through. Um, and frankly, it's really disappointing to see what these folks have been put through just because of their religious beliefs. And with Ryan's story here, he's not only terminated, and this also applies with uh, Officer Rodney Mackey as well, but the Fed also says that they're not eligible for unemployment benefits. Right. Um, you know, when, when Ryan made his application for unemployment to take care of his uh, wife and his, his kids um, to have some kind of income stream after being terminated for his religious beliefs, uh, instead of just saying, well, OK, you know, um, you know, that's what the social safety net is for. The Fed actually actively opposed his uh, request for unemployment benefits. And at first he was denied. And I know you, you say at first, but talk about that. You received a victory just last week in court. Yeah, that's right. Um, so after he was denied initially, Ryan and I spoke uh, about his situation, and uh, we at the Upper Midwest Law Center strongly believe that religious liberty is essential is an essential liberty that we as Americans must have, uh, consistent with our Constitution and our inalienable rights provided by God. And uh, so we talked to Ryan. We we decided we want to help him. We want to help everyone who's dealing with this kind of oppression, uh, regardless of whether the, the, it's a government entity or a private employer. These these folks, Ryan included, still have religious liberty rights, and that's what the federal uh, civil rights act ensures that they do. So we stepped in. Um, Ryan, of course, did most of the talking and did a great job. Uh, he, I told him before the hearing, uh, without giving out too much inside baseball, I said, you know, you won't, you, you maybe hear bad things about lawyers sometimes, but what I'm going to tell you is the truth is going to set you free here. So all you have to do is just tell the truth and what happened to you and you'll be fine. And, uh, we, we had a hearing with the unemployment law judge, Ryan told his story. Um, and the unemployment law judge actually noted in reversing the initial denial of uh, benefits and providing him with unemployment benefits that he was forthright, he was honest, he was clearly not calculating or devious or deceptive. And that was really important in his determination. And I think a lot of these people are pointing out now that this uh, religious exemption, the link between vaccines and human fetal cells, the same cell lines used to test in more routine drugs that we're finding out like aspirin and ibuprofen. You're saying, James, that this is this is coming up in some of these hearings as well. Um, but but your clients are really steadfast. A lot of people just never did this research before. Right. I mean, the fact that some of these uh, that these fetal cell lines have been used in development of other drugs when our clients don't know anything about it is totally irrelevant to whether they believe the vaccine is uh, taking the vaccine would violate their religious beliefs. And in fact, as you just mentioned, when they become aware that, in fact, these fetal cell lines were used in development of other drugs, in their view, they say, well, then I won't take those drugs. And that's what Ryan's Ryan's view is in particular, as he's as he stated before on the record. We did reach out for comment from the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, and I do want to read the statement they sent to us here at Alpha News. But it says, quote, the bank is not able to comment on individual employment matters. Our priority is employee health and safety and our COVID-19 vaccination policies and related procedures are designed to ensure a safe and healthy workplace for everyone. Consistent with applicable law, the bank provides reasonable accommodations to employees with a medical condition or sincerely held religious belief that precludes them from becoming vaccinated as long as an accommodation does not present an undue hardship, including health and safety risks. But I know, James, this undue hardship issue has come up in past cases, like Ryan being a cash operations operations specialist. They're saying basically he gets too close to people, so it creates an undue hardship at the bank. That seems to be their argument here. But also people like Ryan, Officer Mackey, they're going online. They're trying to find a, another role with, within the Fed without any luck. 
That's right. I mean, this, this idea that there's an undue hardship when the vaccine had already been available for, you know, eight, nine months at the time that uh, they decided to flip the script and, and abruptly end the accommodation process for Ryan and Officer Mackey. Uh, it just demonstrates that there really isn't any undue hardship. I mean, they have construction workers streaming in and out of the Fed all summer. Officer Mackey's told you all about how he had more personal interactions than before the pandemic because of the number of construction workers and third parties. Third parties are, who are unvaccinated, by the way, and individuals, members of the public who are unvaccinated can come in and out of the bank. Um, and, you know, Ryan can tell you more about his individual situation, but he's not really close to anyone in particular during the uh, during the day, during his work, and he made every effort to try to find another job or pr- provide a potential potential different options for um, making it so that he's not uh, too physically close to anyone. But the Fed just refused to work with him. And on their career page, on the Fed's career page, it has their equal employment opportunity policy that the Fed is committed to equal employment without regard to race, color, religion, national origin, sex, age, marital status, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, or genetic information. Uh, but pure and simple, James, you say that this comes down to discrimination. It is discrimination, uh, period. This is what you call uh as Justice, late Justice Antonin Scalia used to call parchment rights. You know, you read the Fed's statement to you. It's a bunch of uh, legalese uh, intended to paint a pretty picture. Um, but what really matters is not what you say, not, not just your talk, but your walk. And the Fed's walk does not indicate uh, to me that they really care so much about religious uh, liberty and, and individual religious uh, expression. And James, just explain that. What happens next here? I know that Ryan hasn't decided yet if he will uh, file a charge of discrimination. Well, so at, at this point, really, Ryan, uh, of course, is always in the driver's seat. Uh, we lawyers don't uh, tell people what to do. We just try to help them achieve whatever goals they have that are related to their particular issues. And um, it, it'll be up to the Fed whether they want to appeal the unemployment law judge's decision. Um, if they do, we are committed to being with Ryan all the way and taking his case uh, all the way through the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court if necessary. Um, but uh, we're not going to stop representing him and helping him out. And we think that the decision so far is the right decision by the unemployment law judge. And I know it's hard to pick up your crystal ball here, James, and talk about how these move through the court system. But how do you see this playing playing out down the road? Do you believe it's something employers are just going to continue to require moving forward? Are you, do you mean in terms of the mandates the, or the, the vaccine man, the, mandates? The vaccine mandate itself. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it's hard to say. Yeah, the, the crystal ball is is, is kind of cloudy. Um, you know, my my view is that um, it's important to stand up against these thing these mandates to the extent that they infringe on individual rights, because otherwise, then there's no deterrent to employers doing this. So, we see this as really important to help individuals and also let people know that we're there to help individuals at Upper Midwest Law Center who are faced with discrimination like this. And Ryan, I know good news for you. You're uh, close to close to moving on and, and landing a new job. Yep, yep, yep. I just did. So, well, that's great. We're in good shape. Congratulations, James. Thank you for joining us. We we appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. Great to see you guys. And Ryan, thank you so much uh, to you as well. All the best to you moving forward. Yeah, thank in the you days guys ahead. very much. That'll do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. A big thank you to my podcast producer, Andy Schmidt. We'll be here again soon to keep meaningful Minnesota conversations going. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And finally, feel free to share this and give us a five-star rating. Have someone you'd like us to chat with or a story you'd like to see? Email tips at alphanews.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.